Welcome to Vintage Writing Instruction. This podcast features articles on fiction writing from the public domain. This is episode 33. Today's episode continues a series that was published in the editor back in 1903 and 1904 and written by the editor of the editor, Leslie W. Quirk. It is a series of letters from a fictional editor to his hypothetical son as the son begins his journey as a writer. It is called Letters to a Beginner. Here is the fourth letter. Letter number four. I don't wonder, Harry, that you hesitated a good while before sending me your latest story. It isn't the kind of thing a man likes to have read by a person who respects him. It's a pity that more editors do not know you personally. It might deter you from submitting the story. There are several terms the world applies to such a tale, but they all amount to the same thing in the end. I don't know whether you call it erotic or risque. I call it vulgarly indecent. You say that you have already submitted the story to Ainsley's and the Smart Set, and they have returned it. Well, of course they have. They don't use stories of that kind. Just because you see something in their pages about a street corner and a stray breeze is no sign that they would permit a view of that same corner in a gale. In short, Harry, you lack the genius necessary to construct a story of that kind. It takes a mastermind to write delicately of a vulgar situation. And I sometimes think that it takes a mastermind to read it understandingly. Perhaps I'm wrong. I'm not thinking just now of Mary McLean. Uh, do you remember, Harry, when you were a little chap and I caught you smoking a cigarette out in the old barn? You will recall that I didn't preach at all, that because I knew you, I just said I wouldn't smoke, Harry, if I were a promising young fellow like you. And you, do you remember? You looked up at me with your white teeth close together and said, I won't, sir. Now, Harry, I am not in the least afraid of your ruining your morals, but if I were a talented young fellow like you, with my eye on the best magazines, I wouldn't write that kind of stories. Let's look at it from a financial standpoint. There's Harper's. You never saw that kind of a story in its pages. And Century. You never saw one there. And Scribner's. Uh, but what's the use running over the list? Your own common sense will tell you that the market is altogether too limited to warrant writing stories that you wouldn't care to have your own sister read. You simply can't afford it. It won't enrich you, and it won't bring you fame. If you persist in doing this kind of thing, it will slip you into a rut, and a muddy one at that, which, you can, which can never lead you to the company of giants. Look at the authors who wrote in other days and are still remembered today. How many of them ever ventured to try their hands at indecent story writing? Their fame came in another way altogether, and yours, if it comes at all, will also come from an entirely different quarter. You are young, Harry, with a good ambition and forcible ideas. The world is clamoring for young blood. Today is the young man's age in literature, just as truly as it is in any other business. Readers are looking for the blood that leaps through veins and the brawn that is the trademark of the young writer. The editor of Harper's says that were it not for the young beginner, the magazine would languish in all its fine tissues for lack of the infusion of new blood. And yet, you have turned from this field to the one affected by the jaded, worn-out writer. I am sitting before an open fireplace, Harry, and I am watching the smoke curl upward from a manuscript that never should have been written. 
Yours sincerely, John A. Vanders. Thank you for listening to this episode of Vintage Writing Instruction. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit vintagewritinginstruction.com.